uh, our our need to being uh, of being dependent on God, and uh, we're going to kind of continue that thought uh, tonight. But as I as um, I, I was preparing for this message, I I, uh, I I don't know why, but I thought of a saying, Pastor, my pastor of 20 years, Pastor uh, Stevens. Many of you have met him, uh, but Pastor Stevens used to say. Uh, that we are nothing but glorified dirt balls, <clears throat> and uh, uh, Genesis. And so I looked up the verse, uh, Genesis chapter two and verse seven says, "And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul." And um, so that's why he used to say we're nothing but glorified dirt balls, and. Um, and you know the, the the reality is this. So you know the first time I heard that, I did what most of you did is laugh and <laughs> yeah. But when you stop, when you really stop to think about it, does it not put your life in perspective? I mean, when it really boils down to it, you know, some people may have a lot of money. Some people may have a lot of friends. Some people may have uh, good jobs. And I, I mean, we could go on and on and on, but when it all boils down to it, what what really is the difference? You got a little bit special, more, little more special dirt than I got. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know, but we're all, we're all, just glorified dirt balls. And we're all, if you're saved this, this evening, then you're saved. You know, you're, you're just a sinner saved by grace. And um, um, as I thought about it and, and really pondered it, especially over the last week, I need God in my life. I need God in every area of my life. I don't need him just to be able to stand up here and present the word of God, which I absolutely need. But I need him in every area of my life. And as we have been talking and uh, going through the Sermon on the Mount, we have gotten to chapter 7 and in chapter 7, Jesus does some really, it really, I think, some really cool things and says some really interesting things to us. But, um, um, you know, we talked about the parable of the beam and the moat and needing to take care of our own sin so that we can uh, be a help and a blessing to others. Uh, and then the, the, he talked about being a discerning Christian in verse 6. And verses 7 and, and following, he talks about being a dependent Christian. And uh, we started, talk, like I said, we started talking about this last week. And um, the first thing we talked about was the invitation in verse 7. Uh, Ask and, and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Uh, this is the invitation Jesus gives us. And again, I'm not going to re-preach all of this, but I just for... Lack of uh, for for uh, a point of review. I just wanted to talk about this. The invitation here is very clear. You ask, 
<clears throat> you will get an answer. You seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be open. Um, that is a promise from God. Um, <clears throat> and then we talked about the contrast uh, that we see in Revelation chapter 3. <clears throat> Excuse me, in verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and will open the door, uh, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. And, and the contrast here is when, when we pray, God says, if you ask, if you seek and if you knock, those, those things will happen. But then the contrast in Revelation chapter 3 is if we will answer the door. He's there knocking. He's wanting to have fellowship with you and me. He's knocking, but the choice is ours to open the door. And then we we uh, we we talked about the the invitation expanded, uh, and uh, verse eight he says, um, "For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that asketh findeth, and he that knocketh open uh, it shall be opened." And we talked again about how whenever in Scripture you see something repeated, it is almost always for emphasis. And uh, I told you last week that the three things in verse 8, the, the asking, the seeking, and the knocking, all of those are, let me look at my notes here, they, they are present tense active participles. And so what did what did what does that mean in real life for us? Okay? Okay, I knocked, I asked and I sought. I should be knocking, seeking or I'm getting it out of order, but asking, seeking, knocking today and I should ask, seek and knock tomorrow. That's what a a, a, a present tense active participle means. It should have been part of my life. It should be part of my life in the present, and it should be part of my life in the future. So what is Jesus telling his listeners? Keep it on. It, 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 you just have to keep doing it. In other words, asking, seeking, knocking should be a regular part of our lives, every day, every hour. Asking, seeking, knocking. So tonight we're going to go to point C. <clears throat> Jesus explains the invitation. So the invitation explained. Um, <clears throat> let's look at verse 9. Or what man... Is there of you whom, if, he, uh, if his son asks bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? So here... Jesus, in, in verses 7 and 8, uh, talks about asking, seeking, and knocking. And now, in verses uh, 9, 10, and 11, uh, he explains what he's trying to communicate here. 
And first and foremost here, there is a, there is a qualifier uh, that is important to this whole passage that Jesus is talking about. And, and I'll tell you, the, the, the qualifier is found in verse 7. What is the qualifier? Ask. We have to ask. We have to be the one to initiate the asking. <clears throat> we must ask. John chapter 14, verses 12 to 14. Verily, verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works these shall uh, then, excuse me, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whosoever ye shall ask, excuse me, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. Second Chronicles chapter 1 and verse 7. In that night did Jesus appear unto uh, um, Solomon, and he said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. So again, we see this, this qualifier, if you would, of asking. God came to Solomon that night and he said, He says, I will give you anything if you will ask for it. What would have happened had Solomon said, You know, I'm good. I got this. What would God have done? Okay. It's yours. Have fun. Here's the keys. <laughs> you know? So the, the qualifier here is asking, and we, we also see it uh, <clears throat> in uh, verse 14 of John, uh, uh, of John 14. He says, if any, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I want to talk about this for a minute because I have had people over the years come to me and say, you know, especially if they find out I'm a pastor, they'll say, oh, I, I, I'm not religious. And I'm, well, I, you know, I, you know, I'm not really not religious either. Well, yeah, but I've tried that praying thing and it doesn't work. Have you, have you all ever heard that? Okay. Yeah, I've, I've tried that praying thing and it doesn't work. And I said, really? Can you explain to me what you mean by that? Well, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm making this up, but, you know, the, well, you know, something happened and, and I prayed and asked God to make it go away and it didn't go away, so prayer doesn't work. But does not the Bible just say, if you ask anything, he'll do it? How do you how do you reconcile this? <laughs> okay, but it just told it just told me if I ask anything in His name, He will give it to me. It doesn't say that. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, okay. But it says, if I ask in his name, he'll give it me. He'll, he'll give it to me. Oh, absolutely. It, it is definitely a, a, a qualifier, if you would. Okay, anybody else? I mean, because I get people ask me this all the time. Well, doesn't the Bible say, and I've had people say that, oh, yeah, I tried that praying thing, and it doesn't work. And I said, well, you know, you only prayed once? Well, yeah, the Bible says that if I pray, he'll do it, and he didn't do it, so obviously he it doesn't work. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Why? Because God goes on vacation? No, but we tend to walk away. Okay. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Okay, we ask amiss, right? See, part of part of the problem is people want to pick and choose verses that they want to believe and not believe, and that and that's not fair. Okay, there you can't you can't take a single verse out of context and make it make God do what you want Him to do. You can't you can't force God into a, into a box. What you have to do is look at all of Scripture. Okay? So I want to talk about some warnings about prayer because obviously Jesus is talking about prayer here. And I call them warnings, and they're really, I guess more specifically, they're more pre pre Yes, that thing. They're pre Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to try it again. Um, uh, they, they are qualifiers <laughs> to getting prayer answered. So warning number one I have for you here is you must have a right relationship with God. In order for God to hear your prayer, you must have a right relationship with him. Okay, James chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Uh, from whence cometh wars and fightings among you? Uh, come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? Ye lust and, and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because you what? Yeah. There you go. You ask amiss that you may uh, consume it upon your lust. So what, what okay, what, in verse 3 here, what is, what is this specifically talking about here? Consuming it upon your lust. You're asking because you, you want. Okay? It's like instead of praying for a new vehicle, you pray for a Maserati. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and, sort of like 
Oh, absolutely. I, uh, that's the way I see it. Absolutely. And then verse 4, it says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses. Now, now let's stop here, right, right here. Jesus or James is talking to who? Christian Christians. Christian men and women. Now, was he talking to a group of adulterers and adulteresses that you know that were, hey, we're gonna have marriage counseling come together, we're gonna is that is that who he's talking to? No, who's he talking to? The church. The early first century church. So, in what context is he calling them adulteresses and adulterers? Okay, they're idol worshippers. They're 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 allowing things into their lives other than God, and they. Exactly, and, and, and in multiple places in the Old Testament, God calls the Jews adulterers because of their worship of Baal and other gods. So what is James? James and I love James. James, James is, ranks right up there in my book with Paul because James just shoots with both barrels. And he calls them adulterers and adulteresses. Why? Because they were more in love with stuff than they were with God. That's some pretty strong language. Yeah, very, yes. The adulterers and adulteresses, uh, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God or is totally against God? The love of this, the things of this world are totally against God. Uh, whosoever, therefore, uh, will be a friend of this world is the enemy of God. Man, this is strong language, and he's and it's all in the context of prayer. Because they were praying amiss. They were they were praying so God would give them stuff. And James calls them adulterers and adulteresses because they were consumed with, with stuff. So our relationship, warning number one, our relationship must have, uh, we must have a right relationship with God in order for God to hear our prayers. Uh, warning number two, and this is probably the most important element in our prayer lives. Anybody know what it is? According to his will. According to his will. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Uh, and this is the um, confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, what? According to, the, to his will, he heareth us. See, that's the, that is the key. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again probably a hundred more times. It's a good thing that I had, the, the prayers that I have prayed throughout my life, there, it is a good thing God has not answered all of them. Because I would much rather be in His will than being out of His will driving a fancy car or living in a big house or you fill in the blank. I was talking to somebody before church, and 
and um, the comment was made that you know that they would rather live in a in a small uh, a rented apartment and be in the will of God and live in a big fancy house and drive a fancy car than, and be out of the will of God. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. Warning number three. You must understand that he will do what is best for you. That's the, that, is, that is a hard pill to swallow sometimes. And I've talked to people and I've said, hey, you know, <clears throat> they say, well, why does God never bless me? Or why does it seem like everything is bad in my life? And blah, 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 blah. And they go on and on and on and on. I don't know. I don't have the answers to all of that. But I can promise you this. God will always do what is best for you. And what is best for you is not always what is the most convenient. Some of the hardest times of my life, I can look back and think, and I can honestly say, God, thank you for that. Not all of them. I'm not quite spiritual enough to get there yet. But many of the hard things that we've been through in our marriage have only made us stronger and drawn us closer. Why? Because God knew that in order for us to get where he wanted us to be, we needed to go through some difficult things. Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according <clears throat> to his purpose. Now, let me, let me give you uh, 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 some help here. Counseling 101. Do not quote this verse to somebody going through a difficult season. Okay? <laughs> you know, when you're in the midst of it, intellectually, you know hopefully that God is in control but but this 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 comes across as one of Job's buddies you know it's it's not always a, a easy pill to swallow but the key to this word the, to, to this verse is the word all all things the good things the bad things the ugly things the donuts, yeah. <laughs> the non-donuts, <clears throat> all things, all things work together for good. And what we need to do is we need to remind ourselves that God, not only that God is in control and that His, that 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 His will is the most preeminent thing uh, in creation but that he has a plan for us and he has an end point for us and he has a he has a i don't how do i how do i want to use this uh, he has somewhere he wants you to be down the road 
And he knows that in order for you to get there, you need to go there. Uh, no. <laughs> we would all quit. <laughs> if we saw the blueprint, we would all quit. Why? <laughs> now, now there are there are times you know that Psalm says that um, uh, he gives us he lights our uh, the uh, our footsteps, but he also lights our pathways. And there are times where God will light a pathway and He'll give you a direction. An illustration of that is, you know, back 15 or plus years ago, God said, "Hey, you're going to move to Fernley." And start a church. So he was lighting the pathway for us. <laughs> but he didn't he didn't give us all the detail how to get here. No, no, I couldn't. My headlamp wasn't that strong. Yeah, you need to get me a better one. Um, but no, that's that's how God works. And the older, you know, you know, the older I get, the more that I see how God God has a plan. And and how many of you have ever said, if like, like you know, like Jim just said, if I only knew what that plan was, I, I I'd be okay. We probably all have thought that, have we not? But that's how he wants us. He wants us to do it one step at a time because he knows he knows the pathway that we need to take. Oh, we absolutely. I, I, I am a, I am a, uh, a, a rabbit, a rabbit trail person. I love rabbit trails. It drives my poor wife crazy because we'll be in a town that we've never been in before, and I'm like, huh? Oh, my dad was a whole lot worse than me. I mean, we'll, we'll be driving down the road, and I'm like, huh? What's down here? And off I go. I'm just, I, and my, I live my life that way. <laughs> I found a lot of shortcuts that way, but I found even more long cuts that way. I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> but but is that not how we live our lives? My wife lives her life very conservatively on a, you know, oh, oh. Siri said, go this way. I got to go this way, you know. And, and me, I'm like running and doing stupid things and, but anyway, my point is this. We, we want to know what that point is. But then we would plan our path. Exactly. Exactly. We would try to control it. And by us not knowing what that is, God will take us around. And he knows the best pathway. And it's not always the most pleasant pathway. A lot of sticker bushes along the way. <clears throat> and um, I praise God for the sticker bushes. You want mine? <laughs> no, I, I praise God for my sticker bushes, okay? That's all I don't need anymore. Um, I do want to ask a question, though. Why should we pray? And I get, I get asked this, why, why should we pray? And, and to be perfectly honest, I get asked this question more often than, than, than I ever dreamed I would be asked this question. Okay, why? Okay, he tells us to. Anybody else? 
No, he does. He doesn't. No, absolutely not. Okay. 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 Dependence. Dependence is a huge part of it. Any, anybody else? Okay. 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 Yep. There, there, there are many reasons. What? Oh, I didn't see her. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I have, I have a list of eight, eight reasons why we need to pray, and I've got about ten minutes or about seven minutes to give you eight reasons. So we're going to go through these very, very, very quickly. So I'm just going to give you the reason and the reference, and I may stop and read a verse here or there, but I'm just going to give these to you because these are really important. The first one is prayer is a form of serving God. Let let, let me read this one. Um, uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 36 to 38. It says, And there was one, uh, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of... Phanuel, thank you, uh, the, of the tribe of Asher. Uh, she was a great. Uh, she was of a great age, and she lived with her husband seventy years from her virginity. <clears throat> and she and she was a widow uh, for about fourscore and four years. So she was old, um, um, which departed not from the temple. But get this but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. It is a form of service to God. It's a form of service. Rosemary, and we've had, we've had a few of these through the years, but Rosemary used to sit here and, and in her 90s, her mid-90s, her, her mental faculties were all together. Physically, she was very limited and 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 one of the one of the the things Melanie told her one day when we were there visiting her, and Rosemary was getting tired, and you could tell she was getting close to the end. Melanie looked at her and she said, "Rosemary, you can't die." And and Rosemary looked at her and she was like, "Well, why not?" And she says, "I need you to pray for me." Pastor needs you to pray for, her. and that's what she she had a ministry of prayer. Service to God. Service to God. The second reason, because God commands us to pray. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And, and some of these reasons, there are multiple verses. I just picked, I just picked verses, okay? Um, a third reason, uh, prayer is modeled or demonstrated for us by Christ and the early church. Uh, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, in, in, and in the morning, raise, raising up a great while before day, he went out and departed in solitary, uh, into a solitary place uh, and, and there prayed. Who, who, who was that? Jesus. Jesus needed prayer. And he set the example for us. And in the early church, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 you know, if if Jesus thought it was worthwhile uh, to pray, 
Shouldn't we? Absolutely. The fourth reason. God intended prayer to be a means of obtaining His solution to our problems. Just exactly what you said. And within this Within point number uh, of the fourth reason, I have f- a few things um, for making major decisions. Prayer is an excellent way for God to answer uh, big things that we are facing. <clears throat> Let me give you the verse for that. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. We, sh- we should be praying for workers for the uh, spiritual harvest. Luke chapter 10 and verse 2. I don't know about you, but I pray regularly that God would send people to northern Nevada who would be willing to be pastors and workers in in his field. It's an amazing thing. You can go to Bible colleges all across our country and you tell people, hey, we need, we need missionaries. We need people to come west and plant churches in Nevada and California, Washington, Oregon, all up in the, the Pacific Northwest. And they look at you like you have six, six eyeballs. And the response is, no, I'm not going there. That place, they're full of sinners. Like, isn't that the point? Did I give you the reference to that one? Okay, Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Okay. Huh? Oh. Um, uh, Strength to overcome temptation. Matthew chapter uh, 26, verse 41. Prayer. Man, when I whenever I'm tempted to 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 do something wrong, prayer is my 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 get out of jail free card every time. Strength for uh, other people's spiritual lives. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. So there were, you know, those, those four things all fell under reason number four, why uh, God intended prayer to be a means to obtain uh, uh, His solution to our problems. And I don't know about you, but I got a lot of problems. <laughs> just saying, okay, just saying. Uh, reason number five, uh, prayer is a way to spend time with God. Didn't you say that? Prayer is a way to spend time with God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the, thy door, pray to thy heavenly Father, which is in secret. And thy heavenly Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, and, and will, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. That fellowship, that's what the prayer closet is all about. Now, I got a lot of reading done on our vacation. I didn't get a lot of praying done. It was just too noisy. <laughs> just, just saying, okay? Uh, reason number six. <clears throat> when we pray in His will, He will answer every prayer that we pray, if we will pray in His will. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. There are times that he will delay answers to prayer. 
even though we know we are praying in His will. There are times that He will delay His answer. Why? Because He's got the big map. (laughs) He knows. He knows what is best for us. And His timing is always the best timing. Prayer should not be seen as a mean... Oh, oh, this is a quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted, yeah I, I don't know where I got this. I read this years ago, but I love it. Prayer should not be seen as our means of getting God to do our will on earth, but rather as a means of getting God's will done on earth. In other words, like James was saying, we shouldn't be praying selfish prayers. We should be praying God's will be done in our lives, begging God to do His will in our lives. And then uh, reason uh, number seven, <clears throat> when we do, uh, when we do not know what to do. Have you ever been there? More than once. James chapter one, verse five, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Solomon is a perfect example. And then reason number eight, and we'll be done. Um, uh, prayer demonst- uh, demonstrates our faith. And these are just eight of hundreds of reasons why we should pray. Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. So what is Jesus saying here at the end of this section of what he's saying here. Prayer should be as natural to the believer as breathing. We shouldn't we shouldn't even be thinking about praying. We should just be doing it. Asking, seeking, knocking in the past, in the present, and in the future. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you. For this day, thank you for this time together. And Lord, thank you for this incredible tool that you've given us called prayer. And Lord, I am so thankful and so grateful that you have allowed us this opportunity. And Lord, to be perfectly honest, it still amazes me. It still amazes me that an almighty God would want to talk to me. Just a glorified dirt ball. Help us, dear God, to walk with you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.